Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oh, It's your inside pass to everything Saints football. And the kick is good. We'll take you to places most fans never go. We'll watch from 60. To practice, to the sideline, to the locker room. Following every twist, turn, and touchdown of the 2022 season. That is going to be a touchdown. Taysom Hill. Taysom TD. Welcome to Inside Black and Gold. Brought to you by the Lamarck Automotive Complex. There must be a reason. And that is going to be a touchdown again. And guess who? Mike Thomas. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Keller and Jeff Nowak. Oh, baby! Welcome into another edition Inside Black and Gold. Steve Geller along with Jeff Nowak. Brought to you by the Lamarck Automotive Complex. There must be a reason. Jeff, there's been tons of reasons why this Saints team has come up short of late. Unfortunately, way too many to count. You can call it injuries. We've gone through penalty issues. Turnovers are still there. Play calling even. Feel like we are at wit's end with the rest of the hoodats out there. Yeah, it's been it's been ugly, and it's hard to see. You know, we, we can talk all we want about the things they could fix. It's just, you know, you get to the point where it's really hard to see this team figuring it out and turning it around, and you're getting late in the season. Uh, but we're going to get into a lot of that. We're going to start with, you know, I went on a long rant about, you know, how I think Dennis Allen should give up the defensive play calling. And I went ahead and asked him about that on Friday. And so we have his answer. We're going to get into that. We're also going to kind of pick studs and duds from the game itself. We have kind of gotten out of the flow of doing that the last few weeks. But I think it's a good way to kind of revisit some of what happened in that cluster of a Thursday night football game. So we'll get into that. And then the final segment, we're going to get into a topic that I know is going to be kind of awkward. Um, but I think it's it's necessary when you are looking at a two and five team that is in the situation that's in. And it's should the Saints trade or look into trading Alvin Kamara? Um, <gasps> yeah, because you're at the point where, you know, it's like if you had your first round pick, I think you would be right where the Panthers are. But the only reason you're not is because you've already made a mistake. And it's like, OK, so where do you double down? Anyway, we'll get into that. But first off, I wanted to hear from you, Steve, on you know, what was the vibe on the sideline on the lot in the locker room out in Phoenix? Cause you were out there and you got to witness that firsthand because it's really hard to believe that this team is not kind of going to start coming apart at the seams a little bit when things just continue to go the way they've been going. Yeah, obviously things started out great. You know, we, it looked like the, this team was cruising, getting on the board right away, scoring a touchdown on their first possession of the game. I think it was the first time all season they scored a touchdown on their opening drive. And obviously spirits high, everybody smiling, high-fiving. Uh, really noticed Jameis Winston being that rah-rah coach kind of cheerleader on the sideline, getting up in everybody's grill, providing the positive you know, feedback. Even when I will say things were getting tough, Jameis uh, was very vocal on this squad. But I don't know if you could, you could sense any kind of shift when things were down 
Uh, they started to, to, you know, the crumble a little with those back-to-back pick sixes for this team. Obviously, was the big turning point of the game. And I will say this too: I thought the you talk about a late, late arriving crowd in Arizona. Those seats finally did, did get filled up, but when kickoff was first out there, it was pretty empty, and I felt like I saw more black and gold in the crowd than I did any kind of red and black or red and white. I got to say, though, the the intensity, that crowd, I felt was you felt more energy at the, the London game. The Arizona crowd really uh, wasn't anything where I thought the decibels were, any, were affecting anything. The roof was open, but for, for me, this team definitely lacked some energy, lacked that life. And I feel like we've seen that missing the past couple of games just from an all-around standpoint, especially though the defense, and and I think that's contributing to a lot of the missed tackles. It's just the inability to get to the ball even. They're not swarming around the football. I'll say the explosives and the, you know, the touchdowns that happened in the second half, they can't let that happen. Um, missed tackles are always going to hurt. If you have a missed tackle, you should have, you know, eight or nine or 10 guys rallying to the football. So we got to break down this film. We have to get back after it. We have to find a way. All right, now, you know, we, we have to find our, our solution. We have to be the solution. We have the right personnel in the building to win. We have, you know, all the ability to win. We have to put that together. You can't put, uh, you can't take two steps forward one game and, and three steps back the next. One interesting stat that I was able to pull up this week, you know, Tyron Matthews actually second on this team in tackles right now with 26. Pete Warner has almost doubled that with 51. And he's, you know, obviously up technically leading the NFL in uh, solo tackles prior to everyone else playing in week eight. He was tied going into the week. He had three, I believe. So he might get passed. But the stat that I thought was interesting is they've had 57 missed tackles. Pete Werner is actually tied with Bradley Roby for the team lead. It's seven. But I mean, part of that is because Pete Werner is making a lot more tackle attempts than everybody else. So he's going to be up there. But, you know, bizarrely, that is actually on par with what you had last year. They missed 133 total tackles last year. This year, you know, you're averaging about eight per game. That would give you about 136. So the missed tackle issues aren't necessarily new. I think it's just the moments you're seeing them this season are standing out. And the frequency at which they're happening, they're, they're happening in succession, right? Like you see one missed tackle, then there's another, then there's another, then there's another. All of a sudden, Eno Benjamin is 40 yards down the field. And, you know, the, the other major issue, and I think Cam alluded to it there, it's like you're going to force turnovers. Like this whole like no turnovers thing is is bizarre at its base level, and it's confusing at, at, at another level. Like, you know, at a certain point, you should just get lucky. Right. Like at a certain point, the ball should be getting tipped up in the air and someone should be running under it. Like you don't even give the defense credit for that interception more. So it's like, okay, yeah, you got one, but it's like, it's like they're not even in the right position to get them. Like it, so it's beyond, you know, forcing a turnover. It's like something is not clicking with this defensive group. And I don't know what it is, but you know, I think at some point your head coach needs to relinquish the play calling duties when you have two defensive coordinators, technically, you have Chris Richard yeah. and Ryan Nielsen, and neither of them are calling plays. And I wouldn't look at this team and say, yeah, this is a very well-coached group. You know, there are, there are fair questions to be asked about Dennis Allen being a head coach. You know, we kind of gave him a pass on that 8-28 and record with the Raiders. But now his career head coaching numbers are 10-33. and They've gone the wrong direction. So it's like you have to kind of start to wonder, you know, it's like this is a guy, this is a guy who's struggling – in the head coaching role and he should be focusing on being a head coach as much as possible. And, you know, 
we've seen Ryan Nielsen call plays, did it in the preseason, and he would likely be the choice to do it again. You know, I did get a chance to ask DA about this on uh, Friday after the game. They did a conference call, and uh, here's what he here's what he had to say on that subject. Obviously, there have been struggles on the defensive side of the ball, and that can be attributed to players missing. But you know, is there any thought going into just you know changing up how some of the things are done from a defensive perspective, be it play calling, game planning, that sort of thing? Well, I think we're going to look at everything, but I don't think I don't think we're going anywhere in terms of play calling. But I do think that we've got to we've got to look at look we're not getting the results that we want, and so we've got to look at what we're doing and 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 how we can do it better. And and we've done it pretty good around here. We're just not doing it as good as we need to right now. I thought that answer was interesting in the sense that he said everything's on the table, but he said pretty definitively <laughs> that that play calling isn't going to change. So maybe everything isn't on the table. Maybe they aren't necessarily looking at everything. And I do think that when you're looking at a defense that's struggling and, and, and your team that's struggling and a two and five record, it's like, you gotta, you gotta make changes somewhere. Right. And it's like, you, you don't want to make drastic changes, but you know, if there, there are things you can do to help spark a defensive group and just doing the same thing week after week is not, is not it. You gotta do something. And I think that's where you should start, in my opinion. I think that's a, a key word you said there, too, is spark. That there's been no oomph. There's been no fire. There's been nothing to the defense this year. And we've said this before, too. Obviously, it was supposed to be a major strength of this squad going into the season. We raved about, obviously, the depth in the secondary, which the football gods have punished us and now, you know, decimated them with injuries. The front is still, to me not getting enough pressure. We've talked about the middle being a big issue. Uh, the, that that pressure up the gut is just hasn't been there. I've wondered about what's going on with Marcus Davenport in a contract year. Really haven't seen much from him. Peyton Turner, a guy that can't stay on the field. Cam Jordan's being Cam Jordan. I think he's been having a solid season, as you could so far at least. But other than that, you know, we talked about David Onyemata, Shy Tuttle, uh, those guys in the in the middle of, the, of that defensive line just not being able to get the job done for the pressure to help maybe force some mistakes from opposing quarterbacks. Uh, another thing you're dead on about was the fact that when we do get a tip ball, it's not like the ball is hovering in the air waiting for someone to come up and snag. It seems like it's batted down and, and drops to the turf or, or grass with, where there's no one around. I haven't seen that many tip balls. Like, I don't think you've had that many, you know? And it's like, one, it's, one just stood out to me with the Arizona game. I forget when it was exactly, but it was, had one. So it was tipped and it goes boom right to the turf. It wasn't like it, it, get, it was floating in the air at all for anyone to come in and grab it. Yeah. But I mean, like you haven't seen a lot of those plays, right? Like no. there haven't been close interceptions, right? Like throughout a season, a lot of times you'll see a defender, go for an interception. It's like, oh, he should have had it. But then again, oh, that's why he's on defense, right? That, that's the that's the cliche line everyone says. If he could catch that, he would be a receiver, you know? And Right. That was like the knock them. of Paulson Adebo in training camp. We said all those PBUs were the interceptions. Right, right. And, you know, there, those plays haven't been there. You haven't seen that. You haven't seen like, oh, he should have intercepted that. You haven't even said that throughout a game, right? Like the secondary hasn't played terribly, but they just, there have not been impact plays. There was one play where Tyron Matthew undercut a Kirk Cousins pass, and you were like, there you go. That's what you were expecting to see. Out of, the floodgates are open. Thing. No, not so much. No, it's been 
not good. I also don't have too much issue with the pressure they have been getting. I think they have been getting pressure. The issue in that game was more contained. They did not contain Kyler Murray on a few key plays. And the other issue is the run defense. Like, it doesn't really matter if you can get pressure on a quarterback if you're allowing them to run for first downs. If you're allowing them to plow it into the end zone on a key possession on second down with Eno Benjamin, right? Like, that touchdown where he just kind of like, like, he was stopped. And the defense just could not finish off that play. And, you know, if they stop them for a field goal there, they're down 14 points. The offense goes down the field and scores a touchdown. It is a one-possession game with plenty of time left. And the defense has to get the ball back to the offense. And, but you have a chance, right? Allowing a touchdown there essentially ended the game. Weird stuff could have happened. You might have been able to recover onside kicks, whatever. That Allowing that touchdown made it so you could not win that game just by playing straightforward football. At that point, allowing that touchdown meant you needed something weird to happen. And the way you allowed it to me is just this season, this defense and how they've struggled in a microcosm. You had three people who had a chance to make that tackle and you still allowed Eno Benjamin who ran for 92 yards. This team is allowing over 120 yards per game on the ground. This is a team that went almost three years without allowing a single 100-yard rusher, and now teams are averaging 120 yards on the ground against them. You allowed Eno Benjamin to plow in to end that game with with almost no interference. And to me, that that is the issue. You can get a sack on Kyler Murray all you want. If they can just run it up the middle and you have nobody waiting there to 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 blow them up, (laughs) you know, they're just getting unaccosted into the secondary. Like Tyron Matthew is second on the team in tackles, not because he's been a great tackler. We know that. We know he hasn't been a great tackler. We knew going in he wasn't going to be a great tackler. He's leading the team in tackles because the front seven are not stopping the ball at the line of scrimmage. Yeah, and like you mentioned, the the run defense, it's like, how has there been such a huge drop-off from that where it used to be another major strength of this defense and it just seems every week, whoever comes in is able to just run all over them. I, I don't know how that gets fixed. Is it, is it come down to talent now? Is it not coaching? Is it the fact that this defense has suddenly gotten old too quick? Well, I think we're, we're going to get into a little bit more of that later when we talk about you know the whole, the whole trade option thing. But yeah, I mean, part of it, I think, is the defense aging. Part of it is guys not being in the right spots. Part of it is, part of it is scheme. You know, and, and I think that's why when you look at a defense that's struggling, it's like, you have a head coach who's calling your defensive plays. So you you are now questioning, okay, is this defense being set up to fail? Which I think in certain moments it is. Is this team being coached at the top level well enough? Which I would argue it's not. And so like, you know, if, if this is going to go down in flames, you'd like to at least exhaust all of your options. And at this point, I don't think you have. Um, and so that's where that's where I'd like to see something change. Yeah, I can't argue at all with that. And the defense has been frustrating. There hasn't been that moment where they they've really stood tall and looked at have stood out this year. Uh, and and even the, the two victories, there has been there's been nothing special about that unit. No, and you know I said this on the podcast after the game. My my basically my rant session to myself in the in the middle of the night. <laughs> you know this team is two and five, and that's a generous two and five. This team could just as easily be 0-7. You know, if not for a a franchise record comeback against the Falcons and a 60-yard Taysom Hill touchdown, which was like not a guarantee. They were trailing 32-31 late in that game because they blew a 31-19 lead. Like this team could easily 
be 0 and 7 and you would be you know then 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 the the real alarm bells would be going off right now it's like you know you're still talking about maybe they can turn this around at 0 and 7 you know the the axe is coming down right like like things are bad and we talked to DA about it you know to an extent he says you know what they need to do is get some players back. And I don't disagree with that, right? right. You went to this game without Marshawn Lattimore, without Paulson Adebo, Bradley Roby went out in the first quarter and did not return, right? Like you were down to Alante Taylor and Chris Harris, a guy who just came off IR and a guy who got elevated from the practice squad. Those were your two cornerbacks. Your next option was Bryce Thompson, right? You didn't have Jarvis Landry. You didn't have Michael Thomas again, right? You didn't have Andres Pete. You didn't have Peyton Turner. You know, Deontay Hardy's on IR. P.J. Williams is on IR. Like, I get it. You you do need to get some of those players back. And to an extent, you do give them a bit of a pass. But you got to find ways to win games, man. It was scary, too, seeing Alante uh, Taylor go down. Well, I don't know if it was third or fourth quarter because he hasn't been conditioned and hasn't been back in the flow. But luckily, that was just cramping. He came to the sideline and was just guzzling Gatorade to, you know, to help up with that. But... He didn't miss I mean, a snap. <laughs> right, exactly. And uh, I will say at least Andrus Pete was in attendance. He was doing some work pregame with some of those practice squad guys. So hopefully someone that is closer to coming back. I know he draws a lot of ire from Saints fans, but Pete really does, to me at least, make a big difference in the run game. I do have optimism, and I think our medical people have some optimism. Now, there's no crystal ball to say for sure whether they're back for this next game, but I think they're making a lot of progress, and I'm hopeful that we're going to get um, at least a few of these guys back. That was DA talking about some of the guys possibly coming back, and who knows who he's talking about. That's the thing. Like You'd like to say, well, maybe he's talking about Mike Thomas. Maybe he's talking about Marshawn Latimer. Maybe he's talking about, you know, you don't know yeah. who he's talking about. But, and, but even then, it was like he's still couching that with at least a few of these guys back, right? Like, you're, you're not getting everybody back probably in week eight, even with the 10 days off. So it's like, who is it? If you still don't have guys like Mike Thomas, Jarvis Landry out there, you're getting close to being like, what are they done for the season? Because the season might be over by the time they come back. The fact that we don't see Jarvis, we don't see Michael Thomas, even on the practice field or just walking around the building in the locker room. That's a little bit of concern to me too. Yeah, definitely. I, I agree with that. The team is getting the weekend off. And they're going to be back to their normal schedule on Monday. So I think that's kind of like when you talk to players, they'll say like there's kind of two bye weeks, quote unquote, bye weeks in the season. One is your actual bye and the other one is post Thursday night football because you do get that extra three days that you would not normally get. You get the Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So, you know, in a lot of instances, I'd be like, no, don't give them a break. They need to work. <laughs> um, but in an instance where you were dealing with these crazy injuries, it probably makes sense to give guys a rest. And, you know, you don't have a bye week until week 14. So, you know, it's 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 there. And I, and I get it. So they're going to get back to work on Monday, and we'll kind of have to see. We'll get the first injury report for week eight on Wednesday. So you want to be hopeful and say the Thursday night football schedule made it impossible for some of these guys to get back in time. You right. want Like, that's what you're hoping is the case. There's no reason to think it because, you know, for a guy like Mike Thomas, you're now going into week five. Uh, since his injury for Jarvis, you're heading into week four, you know, uh, Marshawn, you give a little bit more. I, I saw people complaining about Marshawn. Like he had a significant injury. I mean, come on. Right. Yeah. And, and, and he's missed, he's missed a week and a half of football essentially. <laughs> so I don't, I don't, I don't blame him. And he was playing really well uh, going into that. He got injured giving an extra effort on a play. So 
I'm not I'm not giving him too much grief. I was surprised Paul Sandibo was inactive, but it, that makes a little more sense now that why Alante Taylor was getting first team reps in practice throughout the week. But yeah, ho- ho- you got to get some guys back, and maybe you can start to turn things around. But even if you do, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure it's going to be enough. What's going to be interesting this week too is is Jameis going to be back? Is he healthy enough to take over as starting quarterback? After that performance from Andy Dalton this week, those questions are definitely percolating even more. What are you talking about? I started Andy Dalton in fantasy, and he got me 36 points. I'm going to win I mean, my fantasy week because of Andy Dalton. That's awesome. Yeah, a fantasy <laughs> he, he stud, but numbers. maybe not so much a game stud. Yeah, he, he put up big numbers in that game. You know, it, like that might have been his best statistical performance in years, but it's like, you know, when you're down by 20. <laughs> yeah, that's what makes fantasy football so wild. It's like you look at – you would think a three – interception with two pick sixes and a loss but wait a minute he ends up being a fantasy you know stud for somebody because of the passing yards and the three scores yeah he's gonna end up being a top five quarterback in fantasy this week and no no saints fan will ever look at that me like well he had a good game right right but yeah i mean like i look like a genius because this is not a local league this is my myrtle beach league where i actually ended up starting i picked up Eno Benjamin last week. I started Eno Benjamin. He oh, had a big game. Man. I started Taysom Hill at tight end. He caught a touchdown. And I started Andy Dalton at quarterback. He got 36 points. So this guy's got to be like, what the heck is happening? You, you um, got the crystal so, ball for sure there. Yeah. So, I mean, the Saints are in trouble, but my fantasy team is feeling great about that game. All right. Let, let's wrap this segment up there. We're going to come back. We're going to get into some studs and duds. I got a few things I'd like to complain about. So uh, well, let's let's do that. If you're listening to Inside Black and Gold, brought to you by the Lamar Automotive Complex, there must be a reason. Stick around. 